You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Hello, this is Alicia. Hello. It was like a weird, possessed Alicia. Uh, I am sitting in a very weird position because I'm recording the podcast on the road. You've got to find quiet spots, places that you can precariously balance a microphone and hopefully that are quiet enough that doesn't sound like you're in some sort of shopping centre because, you know, unless you're doing the shopping centre podcast, probably not that good especially for the Bride Chiller podcast. This is a wedding planning podcast. I'm Alicia, the founder of this show. I've been doing this for five years now. Five years? Why don't I say it like that? It's five years. It's a long time to be talking about weddings. A lot of people think I'm mad, but I bloody love it. And you, the listener, you seem to find new ways to challenge me in topics. And I mean this positively. I don't mean challenge me like dad's parents are like, I'm just challenging my kids to see how far I can push them. Not what I mean at all, but it's always great to find new topics, find new things to explore, especially about all the other stuff that happens in wedding planning. The peripheral stuff that a lot of the times wedding magazines and blogs sort of ignore, but these are the things that generally stress us out, make us freak out and not want to do it anymore. This is a Q&A episode. I love these episodes. It's when you send me a voice message or an email and I provide some sort of answer, opinion, thought on said topic. As I always like to remind everyone, I'm an expert only in my own opinion. I have no formal qualifications beyond what goes on in my head. So hopefully the advice I give is of some help. If not, Maybe it's funny, maybe it's entertaining, maybe it spurs some other feelings in you and that's good, it's good to feel. I think it's probably wise to go to our first voice message. Let's just do it, let's just get into it. I'm excited. Hi Alicia, this is Beck. I am Kiwi living in Melbourne and me and my Aussie fiancé are getting married in September 2020. Um, thank you so much for your podcast. Your bitch was super excited to get married and then super fucking bummed when I thought that getting married was a rich person's game. And until I found your podcast, I was so stressy and now I'm super fucking chiller. So thanks heaps. My question is about ceremony songs. How long is too long? A bit of a backstory. My bridal party consists of one, um, who is a man of honor. Now, my best friend, God, fucking love him, Um, but he is awkward as fuck. So he's unsure um, if he wants to walk down the aisle before me or if he wants to just wait at the front with my soon-to-be husband and his best man, which I'm totally fine about, whatever makes him comfortable. But the song will go for a minute and 30 seconds before I actually make my grand appearance. Is that too long? Will I lose people will they fall asleep um I know we want a bit of a dramatic pause wait whatever but is that too long thanks I'd love your help and happy days bye oh Beck you're my kind of gal I just feel like we're friends already you swear you're New Zealand you're a New Zealander you aren't New Zealand the country you're from New Zealand and you're living in one of my favorite places Melbourne good question Beck love that you're also going with your man of honor I had a man of honor and he was also is currently still quite awkward didn't make him stand at the front on his own but I do think 
It's very wise of you to consider this because if anyone has been in the position such as I have been where you're on stage or you're in front of an audience, you realise the passing of time, although it is always the same, but it does feel a fucking lot longer when it's just you standing there. For example, when you're doing stand-up comedy and you have a brain blackout and you're like, what the fuck was I saying? And that can feel like 25 minutes. And maybe the audience doesn't even notice that your brain is shutting down. But I've been there. So I want to, that's got nothing to do with you. It was all about me. This is what happens on this podcast. Comes back to Alicia. Question for you, and you're not here to answer it. So we're just going to go through a quick couple of options. Is it a minute and a half before you make your appearance? Or is the whole piece of music one minute and a half? I think if he doesn't want to walk down the aisle, totally cool. And if he's standing up there with your betrothed, it's two of them up there. So they can be awkward together. And also at that time, people are ready for you to walk down the aisle, but they're getting all adjusted. They're all getting settled, you know. They hear the music. They're ready for it. And they can just, you know, they're adults. They can figure it out in that time. If he is then walking down the aisle, I mean, I suppose if he's walking down the aisle and he's going to stand at the end, and wait for you, done. If he just is there from the beginning, also done. So either way, they're going to have to wait. I think most people are really surprised as to how fast they pick up the pace walking down the aisle. And it's such a weird feeling because you're sort of making this strange appearance. It felt really weird to me where you're really focusing on how you walk and the pace. And it just made me think of the amazing Eliza Schlausinger, the stand-up comedian. She had her latest special was released at the sort of, you know, early December, late November last year. And it's called Unveiled. If you haven't watched, just fucking take the time, everyone. It's hilarious. I think she's amazing. I adore her work. And she does this whole bit on the awkwardness of walking down the aisle, like the pacing of it, and it's just such a strange thing to do. So, Beck, anyway, watch the stand-up special. You'll love it. But also, I think it's just a matter of playing it out, play the bit of music in your home, and pace your walkout so you know when to make the, the first step, for example. If you want to go this choreographed, it doesn't even have to be is choreographed you could walk down you could power down that aisle and let the music play out and perhaps have someone else just fading it down a little bit I'm doing lots of weird mic work today but you could have someone fade it down so you're not all standing there like spare dicks or just let it play out and let people enjoy the piece of music have I answered your question loosely don't know but I've tried thank you for your lovely voice message I appreciated the swears and your attitude and I think you're gonna have a great time Warning, only dogs could hear the end of that sentence. Alicia! Hello, this is Caroline from Madison, Wisconsin. Um, First, I would really love to thank you for this concept that you introduced to me, the in defense of the bridezilla thing. Um, I guess I was feeling like a fraud for listening to the Bridechilla podcast while planning my wedding with all these extremely high standards. And it was just really cool to hear you say that, you know, the bridezilla thing is more of a stereotype than anything else. And it sort of made me realize a bridechilla is two things. She is always kind and she always gets shit done. And I think that I fit into that category along with everybody else who's listening. So 
Thank you for that reminder. Caroline, don't want to interrupt, but I'm going to. I just want to say thank you for just saying that. Really, it means a lot. The whole concept of Bridezilla for me, as you said, really sort of angers me in the way that we've just been labelled. Any woman that seems to have an opinion, anyone that feels a little bit stressed, it's a really easy label for vendors and family members and people that don't get it to just go, oh, she's being such a bridezilla. And I just think it's a disservice to the pressure that goes into doing and the overwhelm that goes into doing what we're doing. And you are totally right. The foundations of being a bride chiller, it's absolutely based on kindness and communication and just an inner strength to get stuff done and be organized, but also don't feel this burden of having to do anything, having to do anything or having to follow a tradition or feel like you should be a certain way when you're not, which is just really, we could take that into real life outside of wedding planning. And that's amazing as well. So I just want to say thank you because the bridezilla thing, although for many people it's just a bit of fun, it can actually feel pretty shit when you're trying really hard and someone sort of places that label on you. And I'm not getting all political and like labels, but it can feel like, oh, come on, I'm just fucking trying. I'm just fucking trying, okay? Back at the fuck off. So that's what I want to say to you. I just want to say thank you. Right, on with I know you've got a question. On with it. So on to my predicament. Um, I fell in love with this venue in Nashville. That's where me and my fiance are getting married. And I loved it for a really long time, for years. Um, We got engaged about a month ago and something happened in my brain that changed the way that I feel about spending my parents' money. Um, And this venue is on the pricier side, um, which is, you know, of course, why it's glorious and all of my dreams come true. Um, But I'm just not feeling comfortable getting married here anymore. Um, And that's just a personal decision. Um, It's just me feeling this particular way. Um, And and so I sort of started back at square one. I decided to say no to this dream place. Um, And I found one place that I love just as much in all of the bajillion venues that are in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Unfortunately, my best friend got married there two years ago, and I was her maid of honor at this place. Um, I've spoken with her about, about it. I've spoken with a lot of our mutual friends. And they all say it's totally fine. And I believe them. I am just trying to figure out if I will be okay with it on my wedding day. And I'm, I really flip back and forth day to day. And and I still have a lot of time to think about it. So, um, just trying to figure out what's right for me. Um, but I would love to hear your input. Thanks, Alicia. Happy days. Really interesting observation about spending your parents' money. I think that, gee, I would like to go deeper on that. It sounds creepy, but I want to know more about that and really just get my cornflake packet psychology degree that I don't have. Just really want to know more. But that's probably for another time. Good for you for making that decision, though. And I don't know if they're still paying for a bit of it or if you're going to be taking the majority of the financial commitment off their hands. This is this is a great decision either way. When it comes to doubling up on venues, 
I just want to relate this to my personal experience because it's the easiest thing to do. I come from a place called Tasmania um, in Australia and Hobart is where I grew up and a lot of uh, my husband, Rich and I, our friends have been married in Tassie and Tasmania is quite small. It's a really beautiful place, but there are limited areas that you can get hitched at or limited options. And I think we have been to multiple weddings at the same venue and every wedding has felt completely different, even though you're like, oh, we're back here again. It's, a, it's, it's just surprising how much, even without any movement of furniture, like one of them had exactly the same setup because it was a vineyard and there really wasn't much else they could do with the seating, but it felt completely different. The vibe was different. They had some different decors and they'd sort of decorated it in a different way. The lighting, one went for a really moody, candlelit, gorgeous, wintry wedding. The other was in the middle of summer. It was a daytime wedding. They just felt like opposites. And that's what I want to reiterate to you. Besides the idea that you have done this before and you've experienced a wedding in this location, I actually think that's a huge advantage because you know what you can change, what worked. You don't have to tell your friend that things didn't work or what you would change on your day. You've been through the workings of it. You've lived the logistics. So I think that's an advantage. But also, you know that your style and your view is probably going to be quite different to your friends. So I agree with your friendship group. It's going to be a whole new experience for everyone, even if they've been to the same location before. It's like going out for dinner. You go to the same restaurant with different people, different experience. Oof, there's that high voice again. I don't know why I'm doing that so much today. I've been alone a bit, so uh, that means nothing. I suppose it really comes down to why you're feeling weird about it. Is it because you want the special, unique, air quotes, experience that is getting married at a different venue? That is fine. Feel those feels. This is absolutely okay. Or is it the underlying feeling that you'll think, oh, she's just copying a friend? I don't think that's the case. But just saying it out loud, just saying it out loud. You don't need anyone else's permission to make this decision, but I think it's important to understand why you're having those slight feelings of hesitation. Unpack them, talk about them to your partner, and then make the decision. But if this is a place that brings you joy, it sparks Marie Kondo joy in your heart and soul, then I say go for it. Make that decision that's easy and then use it to your advantage. Know what you want to do, know what you want to change, or maybe not. Maybe you want exactly the same. Just don't be single white female about it. Does anyone still get that reference? It's a 90s movie with Jennifer Jason Leigh. Um, and it's about a woman who moves into an apartment with another woman and then basically becomes her. You don't want to be that. Everyone should watch it. It's a great 90s movie. There's some amazing hair happening in it. That was a really weird diversion, but that's who I am. Thank you. Please let me know what you decide to do. Oh, jeery me. That's not a real thing. There is more, 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 more. I've got a bunch of questions to answer after this very short but lovely break. If you enjoy listening to the Bride Chiller podcast and you have a question that you would like me to potentially answer, all you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com and simply go to the contact page. All the information is there about how to record. I mean, you know how to record. If you can't record the voice message, I'm probably not the person to ask, but how to get me the voice message and I will hopefully answer your message and put it on the show. Speaking of, let's go to the next voice message. Hello, Alicia. Uh, my name is Amber Samworth, and I live in beautiful Colorado. Uh, this is my first time um, calling in. 
second time or third time I'm actually um, writing in, I actually have a genetic disease. It's called Huntington's disease. It's actually a neurological disease and it's actually genetic. Um, before starting my wedding journey, I was very secretive about it. But now I'm trying to get the word out and uh, be more vocal. Um, a lot of people do have it in the world. It will progress a lot more by the, my wedding date, which is 6-20-2020. Um, I do have a blog. Uh, it's called The Hannah Capable Life. You can find me at uh, thehannahcapablelife.blogspot.com. Um, I'm also in the process of writing a book. Uh, it's all about my excerpts from my wedding planning journey. Uh, and it's all about being Hannah Fabulous. Um, my future spouse was the one that wanted me to check in. Um, I'm a huge fan. I read all your books, listened to every podcast. Um, but my question at the end is, um, how do I keep everything in perspective? Um, any advice you or your lovely Barcellas, Hand of Fabulous or not, would be amazing. Happy days. Amber, thank you so much for leaving your voice message and for sharing as well. I think it can be really challenging for so many people facing health issues and disability to then come out and actually sort of say, you know what, this is happening to me. I want to share and hopefully convey some of my personal experience because it really does help all of us, other people get it. And I think it's really valuable and bold and brave to be outspoken the way you are. And I will absolutely bloody check out your blog. And I love the question. Perspective is something that I think a lot of us can be swayed very quickly to be worried about a certain aspect or a tiny, minute detail that we can become a bit overwhelmed with. And then when you take that step back and you realize mm, no one's going to care or this doesn't really matter ultimately, and I'm not just talking about wedding planning, I'm saying that a lot of us worry about stuff and then you know you realize two weeks down the track when you think back about the times when you're in that deep sort of sense of anxiety and worry zone, which I get, this is me, I get this a lot, that you're like, it was fine, it was fine. We all have our different ways of coping with it. But listening to your voice message, Amber, and especially the question that you asked really just made me pause for a second to say that you are someone who is going through this stage of life where you've got this diagnosis. You seem very optimistic and positive as you should be. And for me, that you've just answered it. That is the ultimate sense of perspective. You are looking after your health. You're marrying your love. You are telling people about your experience you're educating people and it sounds like your sense of perspective your viewpoint is pretty on track and I think a lot of people could be listening to this now and thinking fuck you know Amber's got a lot on a plate she seems to be going quite well I always say when it comes to feeling a little bit more in control and thinking about positivity and optimism that's sort of how I roll is that you need to think of the goal. You need to think of what you want to achieve in the end. What is the purpose of this whole thing? And that is standing there with your partner, saying what you want to say and really sharing these special moments with the people that you love and that are going to be there to support you no matter what. That to me is the ultimate sense of perspective. And I think we can all take a momo right now and think about that and think about the things we're worrying about and be grateful for our health and be grateful for people that care about us and that we care about them 
and maybe just not to get too, you know, mushy and woo-woo, but maybe just fucking take a step back and be really grateful for what we have. There it is. How often do I get all like emotional like that? I just think we need to really consider this a little bit more often. We're all very privileged. If you are sitting somewhere in the modern world listening to a podcast, then you're probably doing okay. You've probably got access to some electricity. You've probably got hopefully access to some healthcare and you've probably got access to someone that loves you and you love them. That's fucking great. Amber, I salute you and I will definitely check out your blog. Everyone else should too. Hi, Alicia. Uh, my name is Melissa. I am, we are planning our wedding for August 1st, 2020. My fiance and I have been together for over 12 years, uh, back together for over 12 years. We were together when we were younger, broke up for a couple of years, went our separate ways, which was really good for us and uh, got back together. We did things sort of backwards. Um, we got back together, we moved in together, then we bought a house. Now we have a two and a half year old at home and uh, we're really excited to get on with the next thing. But because we've been together so long, our wedding is going to, you know, be very chilla, if you will. Um, we are from Ontario, Canada, close to Toronto, but not in Toronto. Um, we have a great team. We have fantastic bridal par- party, a great family. Um, basically my question is how do you or other brides communicate to their crew? Um, I'm finding that I'm texting one person and then texting another and maybe emailing someone I'm looking into either an app or something that we can just communicate with everyone in one place. Granted, we are all local. So we are planning on meeting in person, having a little party or shindig together, um, in January to touch base on, you know, fucking dough plans and then wedding plans, bridal shower, bachelor parties, etc. But in the meantime, um, you know, a few apps or suggestions on how to keep everyone organized, uh, without meaning to come off crazy. Uh, I am a little bit of an organized freak. I do plan events for a living, so I'm not new to it. Uh, so that's, you know, I just want to keep everyone informed, really. Um, so yeah, so let me know what you think. I've looked up a few apps. We use Slack for work, which is great. Uh, my fiance uses um, WhatsApp with some of his buddies. So just those are ideas, but I'm not sure if they'll work. Uh, so I'm looking forward to your suggestions. Um, yeah. Another thing is too, we're all really busy. We are all new parents. So we all have toddlers. Some of us have sports to get to, uh, daycares and, you know, child routines. We all work full time. Uh, we're not expecting a lot of our wedding party because, you know, we're in the same boat. We understand that. Um, so basically we just, you know, want to be able to communicate with them without really interfering with their day. So love your podcast. Been listening to you for a little while now. and really appreciate, you know, you're just, oh my gosh, you're so much fun to listen to. I should say I fucking love your podcast. (laughs) Uh, So let me know what you think and uh, happy days. Well, thank you, Melissa. That's just fucking great. I fucking love when people fucking love my show. That really makes me delighted and just stoked. Love that you're also from outside Toronto. When we're in Canada, we learned that people don't say Toronto, it's Toronto. And we will never let anyone forget that. It's the only thing I'm really good at saying in any sort of Canadian-style accent. Terrible. Good question. I think part of the problem that happens with bridal parties, grooms parties, whatever we want to call them, the crew, is communication breakdowns. And people, like you are saying, 
get really overwhelmed and as you get closer to the day, get really freaked out because they are communicating in 28 different fucking platforms. And this is true for just normal life. We've got friends that only do Viber. We've got other friends who are WhatsApp people, other friends who only do Facebook messaging. Some people, and I fucking resent this, are now just Instagram messaging. And I'm like, I can't, I cannot, I just can't even. And then they say, didn't you see my message? And I'm like, where the fuck is the message? Where is it? Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, it was just the old textual messages on the phone. I just want to go back to those days, the simple times. This is not helping you at all. I do think you just need to pick one mode of contact and perhaps a Facebook group is a good idea if they're all Facebook users. I know some people, as I have personal feelings about Facebook at the moment, some people are not Facebook users. But if your crew are all Facebook users, you could ask them to join this private group and you can have conversations there. It is handy. Their event and group integrations work quite well. You can tag different locations. You can add maps. You can you know, post on the thread, the wall, and communicate that way. Or a group WhatsApp group? Group? (laughs) I just think whichever one you decide to do, you need to really communicate with the group. Hey, this is how we're all going to get together and this is how we're going to make it happen. This is how we're going to communicate. So please, can you either have that app or turn your notifications on for this group? Because it is easy when there are so many different platforms available. And I think we all relate to this. You can miss something and then someone thinks you're a prick and you're like, I haven't opened that app for a while. I'm trying to have a bit of a digital detox. (gasps) There's too much to do. There's too many things. And I sometimes turn my notifications off because I've got all these Facebook groups and I've got my personal life. And then we're running Facebook ads to promote the books. There's a lot of stuff going on. And sometimes I just don't want it all flashing up on my phone 24 7 because it gives me anxiety attacks so your friends might feel the same way especially being young parents as well you got a lot going on so whatever you choose keep it simple make it something that everyone knows how to use and can connect in a way that doesn't feel like it's harassment but also that they're going to see it not that you're going to harass people final thought on this don't make them download a new special app or anything I just feel like people were like oh fuck another thing to put on my phone I'm not going to look at this so just pick the thing that they're using the most maybe put a little poll out between your friends and just say who's using whatsapp who uses facebook let's go and if there's one person out of the 16 or whatever that doesn't have whatsapp well they can download it it's not going to kill them hi Alicia my name is Rachel um first and foremost I want to say thank you fucking love your podcast. It is amazing. Um, uh, and I, I've been listening through your back catalog of podcasts ever since I've been engaged for the last few months and planning my wedding. And, um, I had a question that I just haven't really been able to find an answer for. And, um, so I have a future mother-in-law who is very, very sweet. Um, she's very super nice lady, but she is incredibly sentimental Uh, much more so than me or my mother or anyone in my family is. And she can be a little sensitive. Um, Now, she, her son is uh, her only child that will ever be getting married. And she didn't get to have a wedding for herself. And so she's living a little bit vicariously through me. Um, Even though she, she eloped when she was younger, she, she kind of wants to put little elements of herself all throughout mine and my fiance's wedding. And I'm trying to keep her included while also making sure that I'm not sacrificing, um, 
anything for the wedding for ourselves, but some she's making it a little hard to to tell her no and give reasons for it without being rude. Um, the latest one was is that when she eloped, she had a like a twenty dollar fake flower bouquet, and I have like a three hundred dollar real bouquet um, that I've ordered for my wedding, and she wants to put uh, a couple of her fake flowers into my bouquet, which isn't really normal for the mother-in-law to do in the first place, but um, to have any sort of involvement with the bridal attire at all, but it's also just sort of tacky in my opinion, um, and I feel like the, the normal the normal sort of response of, you know, that's just not going to work for me. It would make her feel absolutely crushed. I think she would think that I was just ignoring her with that. And so I'm trying to find a way to like keep her with being included in in the wedding planning process to make her feel loved without also just taking a verbal shit on her. Because <laughs> there's some things that she's asking for that I just can't let her let her have. Um. So, anyways, uh, if you could help out with that, I'd greatly appreciate it. And happy days. Oh, Rachel, this is a challenging one because you've mentioned that your lovely mother-in-law is sensitive. And look, sensitivity, I think we need to all... Gosh, sorry, my chair's making some funny noises. Sensitivity is something, I think, that your bride chiller kindness, your awareness of her not having her feelings hurt is really nice. But also I think sometimes people wear that sensitivity and use it as a bit of a tool of manipulation. I'm not saying this is a conscious thing, but... If they then react a certain way and know they're going to get a result, this is, again, cornflake back of the cornflake packet psychology from Alicia today. But I do feel that it can be a tool that makes people get a bit uncomfortable and then says, okay, just give it, just give what she wants. We don't want to get all sensitive. And even if she's being nice about it and she's being upset and you feel bad, it's sort of still a bit manipulative. Maybe manipulative sounds a bit harsh, but, you know, it's playing on your feelings. My thoughts. I'm reading this. This is that she wants to bring part of her original bouquet into your, her plastic stuff, into your bouquet, which, as you said, doesn't suit you. Totally cool. My feelings are the bouquet is something that everyone big up since, like, the bouquet is very important. To be honest, you walk down the aisle, perhaps holding it, you have a couple of photos with it and then it disappears. No one really looks at it and worries about it very much. As much as I love, love, love our florist friends and who talk about the beauty of bouquets, I agree they're pretty, but no one's going to remember it. So two options. You either suck it and see if you can add a couple of these flowers to the bouquet, keep her happy, move on, and then maybe win some bigger battles with her sensitivity elsewhere, which sounds like there's a few going on. Good for you. Or... You then create a diversion and say, let's use these fucking plastic crappy flowers or whatever elsewhere, somewhere. Maybe we could put them on a table or something. If they're not your scene and they don't suit the wedding, you've also got a lot of headway of just saying, I don't, I know you said you, you can't use my famous phrase, that's not going to work for me. I get it. But maybe you could just say, these don't match. They're really pretty, whatever, puff it up a little bit but they're not matching the bouquet and then say to her, I don't feel like they're going to work in the bouquet. Where else could we maybe incorporate them into the wedding? Find a compromise, but don't compromise if it makes you feel really uncomfortable in putting them in the bouquet. The other thing I want to say is this is a really common issue that our parents 
age group. A lot of their weddings were planned by their parents. It's the norm for the boomers and the younger boomers to really feel like, oh my gosh, there's so many choices, so many options. This is my chance to do it again. And often you get this uncomfortable situation where they're living vicariously through your planning and they get in a bit of a tears and then they think, God, I didn't get all of these opportunities. This kid's getting all the opportunities. I want to have a little bit more control because I want to do what I would have done. And again, this is not necessarily a conscious thing where they're acting out and being dicks about it, but it's really common and you'd be surprised at how many people I see writing in our community, how many people have contacted me over the years of saying, I think they're just trying to relive something they didn't have. And that's totally normal, but also sometimes you've got to shut that shit down because the closer you get to the wedding and the closer their dreams are not being lived up to in the way that they think you should be doing things, it can get it can get a bit itchy. Rachel, be strong, be kind. Of course, you're going to be kind, but also just make sure that you are achieving what you want to achieve in this. And that is ultimate chiller. Just find that balance. Thank you. Also, if you are in the zone where you would like to purchase a wedding planning guide or organizer, then check out bridechillerstore.com and uh, purchase one of our books. We are an independent publishing company. We make our own wedding planning guides. They are cookie cutter, bullshit free, awesome wedding planning guides that we put our heart and soul into. No guilt there. No, they're really fun. I, I love reading all of your reviews and I'm grateful for people that share their bride chiller guides on Instagram and Facebook when they receive them. It's really cute to see and I love it. So thank you. And uh, just check them out. Have a look. Peruse. See what suits you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your kind thoughts, reviews, comments. And uh, of course, happy days. Happy days.